Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 332 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for the freedom to read your word. Help us learn more about you and your ways today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what Jesus is teaching in Luke chapter 21. We start reading about the widow who put her two mites in the offering plate. Jesus saw others give out of their abundance, but she gave out of her lack. The Lord sees us and knows our hearts. He sees the everyday sacrifices we make and honors our service. May we serve and give unto the Lord. Jesus tells the people about the signs of the end times. He tells them not to panic or be afraid. In verse 13, he says, this will be a time, an opportunity for you to bear testimony. Verse 17 says they will be despised because they follow Jesus. And verse 20 says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then no one understand that its desolation has come near. In just 70 years, the Romans battled Jerusalem and over 1 million Jews were killed. However, the Christians remember Jesus' warning and most escaped as they fled across the Jordan River. We can all look forward to what Jesus says in verse 27, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great, transcendent, and overwhelming power in all his kingly glory, majesty, and splendor. What a day that will be. Last, Jesus tells us to be on our guard and pray that we will have the strength and ability to endure to the end. Let's see what John's vision in Revelation chapter 12 is. In verse 1, we read about a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and with a crown-like garland, tiara, of twelve stars on her head. I have read two commentaries about what this represents. One opinion is that the woman is the church, and the other is that it is Israel. We can imagine both are under mighty attack by Satan. Next, a battle breaks out in heaven, and the enemy is defeated and thrown out of heaven. This is proposed to happen about halfway into the period of the Great Tribulation. Satan will then have no more access in heaven. He will be thrown out for good and unable to accuse us anymore. He is called the seducer and deceiver of all humanity. We must be diligent because the enemy will continue to try and seduce and deceive us all. We can also pray against the temptation to sin and pray for obedience to follow the Lord. Verse 17 says, So then the dragon was furious, enraged at the woman, and he went away to wage war on the remainder of her descendants, on those who obey God's commandments and who have the testimony of Jesus Christ and adhere to it and bear witness to him. This refers to the Gentiles. We will be under attack, but the blood of Jesus covers us. The war has already been won. We need to know this for sure and stand our ground. Let's see what Daniel is writing in chapter 3. This chapter is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. God shows himself as the magnificent and almighty God that he is. King Nebuchadnezzar made a golden statue that he commanded everyone bow down to whenever they heard certain music. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow down to the golden God, and the king was informed about their disobedience. He was furious and commanded that they be bound and put into the fiery furnace to die. He even commanded the furnace be turned up seven times hotter than usual for them. It was so hot that the people throwing them in the furnace were killed. However, the three young men weren't harmed at all. When the king looked into the furnace, he saw an additional person, and he said the fourth one looked like the son of the gods. We know the fourth one was Jesus. 
The young men were retrieved from the furnace, and the king said they served the Most High God, and he was right. The king made another decree. If anyone spoke anything against God, they would be cut in pieces, and their home would be made a dunghill. God showed himself miraculous here, and we can praise him for his almighty power. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were promoted in their position within Babylon as well. God is so good. In chapter 4, King Nebuchadnezzar had another dream that he wanted interpreted. Of course, his people couldn't give him the meaning, so Daniel was brought to him. And of course, he could interpret it. The purpose behind his dream was that God rules the world, not a king. The Lord planned to humble the king by making him unfit to be a king through insanity, which would span seven years. He would think and behave like a cow eating grass for food. About a year after the dream and after forgetting about what it meant, he boasted about how he ruled the land. Immediately, the insanity came until God lifted it seven years later. When he was granted his mind again, he gave God all the credit for being the ruler of the nations. In verse 37, the last verse of the chapter, the king said, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, whose ways are just, and those who walk in pride he can abase and humble. Well, it's possible that if he had initially humbled himself before the Lord, the seven years would have been reduced to less or abolished entirely. Sometimes we learn by suffering the consequences. May God grant us wisdom instead of having to touch our circumstances to help us learn. We start our last time through Proverbs today. King Solomon is credited for most of the Proverbs in this book. First King 4.32 states that he wrote 3,000 Proverbs. This book contains about 900 of them and is considered a partial book of his work. There's great wisdom found here. Wisdom versus folly is found from the first through part of the ninth chapter. Right versus wrong is found in chapters 10 through part of chapter 22. Words of the wise are found in parts of chapter 22 through chapter 24. Hezekiah added chapters 25 through 29. Agor and Lemuel added chapters 30 and 31. We will, of course, start with chapter 1. Verse 7 says, The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning and choice part of knowledge, its starting point and its essence. But fools despise skillful and godly wisdom, instruction, and discipline. Notice how wisdom and folly are compared to one another. Wisdom starts with reverence toward God. Then we see some practical advice about not allowing sinners to entice us to sin. Those who lead the way to sin ambush their own lives. Wisdom is personified as she raises her voice in the streets and calls for people to notice. However, very few do. Verse 33 says, But whoso hearkens to me, wisdom shall dwell securely and in confident trust and shall be quiet without fear or dread of evil. Let our hearts be soft so we can hear the gentle whispers that wisdom calls to us. Let us always be reverent toward the Lord because that is the beginning of wisdom. We will succumb to folly when we think we know better than our maker. Last. Notice all the Bible references as you read through the verses. We see many references to Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Zechariah, the prophets. Take some time and look the referenced verses up. This will give you a deeper understanding of the prophecies we have read and will continue to read over the next month. Let us pray. O Lord, keep us seeking you. Keep us humble before you. Grant us more wisdom as we read your word. Keep us from temptation and help us do your will instead of our own. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. 
Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word. 